The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hello, my name is Tim Chelsvik, and I'd like to welcome you to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. With 100% more emotion and energy and just raw power. I think we already lost everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So we can say whatever we want now. All right. So we're back. 100% wild. 100% in your face. (laughs) Deer season's here. It's brought to you by Onyx. Let's do this thing. I'm bringing the energy up. Thank you. And I'll just sit here very demurely. And watch you do it. It's indicative of your deer season so far. It's been super quiet. <laughs> the nice thing is I've been seeing deer and having deer in range, just nothing that I yeah. chose to shoot at yet. But full disclosure, you're hunting a lot of urban areas. People's like backyards, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's city a people's swing sets. Look, look, I feel for you because I, I don't know that I would, I know that I wouldn't be able to have the patience to do that. It's tough. That's tough. Well, and a lot of people have to hunt that way. So. And to add insult to injury, one of the the suburb, one of the rural neighborhoods that so th- these are all like five six acre plots that that I'm hunting. <laughs> they had a mountain lion show up, <laughs> which doesn't do a whole lot for deer hunting. No, uh, our so, self confidence. <laughs> right, don't fall, don't get hurt, and don't have to crawl your way back to the truck because yeah. you may have company. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely been an interesting season. Obviously, time is precious to get out and be yeah. in the woods, but just to see deer up close, it kind of reminds you why you're a deer hunter. Just to be in nature, yeah, and uh, and spend money, waste money. <laughs> getting it's never there a waste, it. Tim. <laughs> Yeah. Never. Well, you're looking at me funny when you say that. <laughs> well, because I'm thinking of people complaining about DeerCast being a paid app now, and it's like, hey, there's still a free version. Yeah. And I literally could go into Casey's, yeah, Casey's, Scott and I were talking about this last night, their pizza. I could go to Casey's and blow more money than I would no spend doubt. on that app for the whole year. This mm-hmm. isn't a shameless plug. I'm just saying like, Hey, there is some value to it. No doubt. And just the sheer time away from home yeah. is kind of like a vacation yeah. for me. So yeah. it's, it's worth the time out, but it does get a little old. When so you're your not wife doesn't listen to this podcast. She doesn't know that we have a podcast. <laughs> she doesn't know where you work. <laughs> she doesn't know anything. <laughs> She's very, just extremely unimpressed. <laughs> not, not, not to be mean. She just. Same for my wife. Just Literally. I got, care. I got a story about something that happened last night in the woods and it sucked, you know, and mm-hmm. I get home like down and out and moping. What and, time did you get home? It's about an hour and 20 minutes. So it, now it's getting darker earlier. It's not that bad. I get yeah. home in time for bath and bed and all that stuff with the kids, you know? Sure. So it was probably quarter to nine last okay. night. I get, I get there and all the lights are on. Everybody's up, which is usually bath time's over, I, you know, which I really enjoy. <laughs> I that guess it's all done. And it was not all done last uh. night. And I'm, so today was picture day. So they were getting outfits out or whatever. So we yeah. get through all that stuff and, and I'm like, Hey, you know, you want to, you know, look what happened to me. Well, my son Cameron was super interested. Mm-hmm. So I get to show him the video and all that. And he's just like, why didn't you kill the, the buck? And cause I'm why not can't good. you kill a deer dad? And you never <laughs> kill a deer. And that was insulting enough. But my wife, I was like, do you want to see this? She's like, do I have to? Like, no, but I just need somebody. I needed to come and do the podcast right then and there. So I had some therapy. To talk to. It was funny when they all came up to the studio, it was yeah. a month or so yeah. ago, whatever. And they're hanging out in here and you were recording something, I think for DOD TV yeah. and you went into your announcer voice. Yeah. And it's literally scared them. It startled them. Uh, yeah. Like 
my son put his hands over his ears. My daughter was giggling and my wife was basically laughing out loud. This guy I was like, is a clown. Right, you guys are going to have to go away. So it's a lot of pressure. I was reading off the teleprompter. Hey, this is DOD TV. It's a totally different. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Persona. Well, so my story as it goes so far, I'm after a shooter. I'm on the lease. My river farm is flooded yet again. Like this is <laughs> we got just, mountain lions, we got floods, yeah, we got so EHD. Dad and I bought this piece together last April, April of 2018. Okay. Put in the work, put in the plots. It floods in, I think about this time last year. It was like right at the beginning of hunting season. It might yeah, have been the end of right. the summer. Yeah. And it was flooded all the way through the main part of the season. Mm-hmm. And and um so then it goes back down. And then in the spring, obviously, we had historic flooding everywhere, just about, and it flooded again. And it was like mm. eight feet, 10 feet under. It was way under, broke levees next to it, like that far under. And it, it, it you know, went down and we planted our food plots and they were actually looking pretty good. And we got them in were. late and they were looking good. I don't know what kind of situation we're in now because it's again three foot over you know, the point where it hits the banks and, uh, or where it gets into the farm, it's three foot over. So I'm not holding out hope that I'm going to have any kind of season over there on that river farm Mm -hmm. yet again, second fall. I've had it second fall where it's no return, no return. And I may have lost my trail cameras again. I can't get to it. So I don't know. It came up real fast and we just didn't get there in time. And so I don't know, um, if my trail cameras, I got three or four cameras out and I don't know if they're ruined again. So it just, it, you know, you put that aside, the one positive of all this, that's obviously the river. It's right next to the Mississippi on the Mississippi. The positive is all the hill ground next to it has been great. All the deer pushed Mm -hmm. up and I have a lease that I've had for five, six years. And it's been a beneficiary of this Push. Sure, all the dislocated. Deer. Yeah, so I've had the summer pictures were great. I had more bucks than I typically do, and you know, even after they shed their velvet, I haven't gotten the two biggest. Um, they're, they're very sporadic. I haven't okay. really caught them in the last couple of weeks here, but I had one really consistent deer called Two S Two. It stands for I have a deer that's that's the hit number one hit lister this year called too short last year in the summer in the pictures i felt like his he was very short timed sure and then his g2 also had a split i just called him too short mm-hmm. for a couple reasons well i thought in the summer this year that this was the deer and we had an encounter with him last year or i should say trevor and aaron bennett had an encounter with him last year and then i had great trail cam pictures of him all over the farm through the rut yeah but i wasn't hunting there i was hunting at dad's place last year and and just happened to be i tagged out in late october mm-hmm. and i wasn't hunting during the rut because uh, i had to wait till gun season and when gun season opened i went back to dad's yeah. so anyhow that deer come to find out you know after we had encounters and we got a shed and the shed during in the off season here he, he was a shooter last year i think he was five last year and this year he's you know he's six years old and he's a big bodied big you know He's a big rack deer. Mm -hmm. Well, before he showed up, I had consistent pictures of another deer and he had a short G2. I thought it was too short. Same deer, yeah. So once too short actually starts showing up and I kind of put two and two together, he kind of changed a little bit, but I figured out this was this deer. I had to name the other deer something else. So I called him too short two. 
two makes two. sense. Yeah. All right. So like that's snowball. The, yeah. The third. That's right. I like, I'm horrible at naming deer. <laughs> if it wouldn't be for the fact that I don't name them typically other than like the number one. And it, like I have a bunch you of deer. It's like, it's like one or two deer, yeah. you know, that basically that get a name. The ones that I'm after. So, I name the deer I shoot right there. Dead. <laughs> Cause he's, if I see him and he's a shooter, he's right there. His name shoot. shooter. Yes. Let's <laughs> do it. So last week, Thursday, I believe, I don't know what the date range is here. Today's October the 8th. Mm -hmm. So last Thursday, I've only hunted one time in September, I think. And we had a good night. I'm trying to think here. I hunted very little because it was so warm in the early season. Yeah. And so we went into the spot, Biologic Radishes food plot, staging plot. It's the premier spot on the place. And it's kind of tucked away, away from the road, away from all the you know, neighbors, all the sure things that can mess the the farm that part of the farm up. So we had a good night. We're in a muddy bull blind. Right at last light, shooter walks out. It's this mm -hmm. deer. Far into the food plot, he's probably 50 yards. It's lights fading really fast. Never yep. gives me the shot. So they seem to know he, how much those, time you they're, have. They're big bucks for a reason, right? Yeah. So then I wait. I don't go back in. That was last Thursday. Then I had something going on uh, Friday with my wife. And then Saturday, sun, or Saturday, it wasn't, temp, temps weren't great. So I mm -hmm. decided to just hold off. Yeah. And that's been part of my whole thing. Like, I don't go in unless I have the right conditions. Sure. I look at deer cast. It's saying, great. All the conditions are right. I got the right wind. I'm going to go in. So mm -hmm. we go back in on Sunday and it yet again, phenomenal sit. It's absolutely awesome. And here he comes at 610, a little like mini front pushes through. Mm -hmm. Temperatures start dropping, wind picks up, Perfect. and every buck on the place pops uh. out of nowhere. And I saw two four-year-olds that we knew of, and mm -hmm. then this this buck, who I believe is at least five, and looking at his body, he might be six. He's a his, and you've seen the footage. Yeah, his it looks body, like a barrel a on horse legs. He comes out at six ten in the food plot. Same from our west side again. Mm -hmm. Same wind, north northwest wind. And just eating the radish, hammering the radishes, not thinking anything in the world. And he's slowly walking in. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get the shot tonight. He's quarter and two the whole way. Yep. Finally gets to 45. He's he's broadside for like, a, you know, a few seconds. And I had the window open, but I decided, no, I don't have the window open because I'm like, I'm not going to take this shot yet. And sure enough. He just turns, I because I'm thinking it's plenty of daylight left. Mm -hmm. He's gonna keep coming. Just turns, faces his butt towards me, and instantly just six cents feeds his way back yeah. out. And I, so I'm kicking myself because it's like 45 yard shot. I didn't want to take the shot for a few reasons. I felt like he would come closer. Right. You want to let him get as close as you can, and you know I just 45, 50. That's not. I'm not as effective out there, and I want to make sure I make the most ethical shot I can mm -hmm. make. So all that being said, you know, you're kind of kicking yourself and I think, okay, I got like the devil and the angel on each shoulder and it's Mark and Terry and it's like, <laughs> what would the, you know, M and T do? And, yeah. and, uh, well, and I there's know, some hindsight probably yeah. in play that 
because I don't really get these type of opportunities at the least like this. Yeah. That's the other factor. Like I've been there forever. This is the earliest, best movement and mm. like shooter consistency I've ever had. I've never had this. And it's partially a lot of things kind of working to our advantage. And finally, I think we got the setup the way we needed it. Sure. But he walks away and I thought, well, Mark would have been able to, Mark would have took the shot and he would have killed him. And dad wouldn't have took the shot unless he had his crossbow. Mm -hmm. And he would have said, I don't, I don't feel comfortable out to those range. Yeah. And you just kind of think on that hour and a half ride home, you just kind of keep thinking about it over and over and over. No doubt. So fast forward, uh, that was Sunday night. So Monday night, same exact conditions. We hadn't spooked anything. It's good to go. Mm -hmm. We're sent crushered up. We're in a muddy bowl. We get phenomenal access in nothing, you know, there's nothing perfect. to lose. It's perfect. Yeah. So we're in the blind last night. Everything's kind of working to our advantage. The movement didn't start until six. It was a sunny bluebird day. Deer cast said great. And it was so sunny the way that the West, as the sun sets there in the West, the way it hits that part of the property, mm -hmm. my food plot is pretty much sunny until towards the end of the, okay. the, the you know, afternoon. So once the shade hits, and I had even told Scott that I go that six o'clock, I guarantee you they're all going to get up. And sure enough, does mm -hmm. start popping up everywhere, you know, buck, little bucks, young bucks. Yeah. And it, you know, it's another great night. And out of nowhere on our east side, which is where I kept hoping the shot would be because mm -hmm. I'm on the east side is the right of the blind. I'm on the right okay. side of the blind. Sure. It's better for me to shoot out of that vertical window. Everything's better. we got a tree coil over there. And you're right-handed. I'm right-handed. So it's the it's good for me, right? Okay. He's 50 yards. He's quartering two the whole way, 40 yards, 30 yards. He's following another little young buck. The buck hits perfectly broadside at like, 30 yards going to the tree coy. Mm -hmm. He decides to not follow that path. And he's walking like extremely to our right side where now I'm trying to, Scott's trying to move his chair back. I'm trying to, he's helping me try to move my chair back and to the far edge. It's a, it's just a, you know, circus inside. It, it's that a line. circus. Yeah. And so we're moving around as quietly, slowly because there's dough, behind us and downwind of us. I, I got an infield ozone generator running. So sure. they, I see one doesn't do anything for thumping and bumping around. No, <laughs> I see one of the does kind of raising her head, but she's not getting it, it which is kind yeah. of what we see a lot of times with ozone. It's like, they don't quite understand it, but yeah. they'll continue to walk through. So the bucks starting to look around all of a sudden the does, as they seem to do start running around, like rejects just and just stirring up the food jacking plot, around jacking around being deer and so he's getting a little weird and sure enough he walks his way into probably 25 yards but he is totally quartering to the whole way so mm. i'm waiting to open my window waiting 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 yep. and i finally get to the point where he's about to turn i open the window and nothing has caught us it's worked out so far but just the awkwardness of me having the way I had to open the window, I got my bow in my left hand and the window was, I'm pushed so far back and to the left. Now I'm kind of reaching as far out as I can Ugh. to open the window and quickly and quietly, but then get my bow back out and put my, you know, get yeah. ready to shoot. Cause yeah. I told Scott, I go, as soon as I open this window, I got a second tops here, mm -hmm. you know, like they're going to look in and I opened the window in my haste. I didn't see that there was probably two more inches that the window could have swung open. Uh -huh. All right. It's a vertical window in the muddy bowl blind and it, you know, swings from right to left on that side. And <clears throat> I had opened it 
I go to draw my bow back and I, you know, for filming purposes, and I've done this for a long time before we were with Tacticam, I used to put a GoPro and a Garmin Verb. I put it on my riser mm-hmm, sure. and face it back at me and the camera guy. It's a cool angle. Yeah. It's a neat angle for production. It's, it's always done, done us well as far as getting another angle in a shot. Mm-hmm. So I got the tact cam on there. I shoot with the tact cam. I practice with it like this all the time. I mean, that's, I never take it off. That's what I have on my setup. And sure enough, I go to full draw and that separation there at full draw from like when getting over the hump Uh there, my tact cam kind of got tangled there's like one of those screw in, you know, for for the accessories, a fastener. Mm -hmm. And that part of it, got caught on that window clink 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 you know and now it i'm at full draw and i'm stuck there i don't have a free hand to to, to move the window yeah. open the deer's not looking at me so i'm trying to back up <laughs> and get around the window and open the window you know it's my broadheads like opening the window and it's a total cluster and as soon as that clank clanking start happening, he starts walking off and, yeah. and then I'm desperately, you know, and they started running <laughs> off as does every deer in the food plot. That guy's desperate. Yeah. And so that's how my night ended up. And I wanted to, I wanted to cry, man. It's like it, this stuff just, I don't get those types of opportunities like most people. Yeah. And to see that deer three times and and for my gamble of not shooting him at 45 yards to know that, hey, mm-hmm. he's going to come closer. I just got to stick to my guns here, hunt the wind, do everything right. It worked kind but, of, until it well, didn't. Well, yeah. So what was going through your head when you were at full draw? Were you thinking, okay, this might happen? Oh, oh. It's, uh, all the way up to the point where I cling to the window, I'm thinking hey, it worked out perfect. He was quartering, quartering to me the entire time. And he literally, uh, you saw the footage, he opens up. He's still slightly quartering, but he opened it's up his perfect, vitals perfect, to me. Yes, perfect for shot. Him. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm going to make that shot. I'm confident in my ability at that distance. It was mm-hmm. 25 yards probably you know 25 30 it was probably 25 i felt good about it until (laughs) and then it was panic like i'm trying i wasn't even like panic like oh you know what do i do Mm -hmm. it was like crap i knew instantly but i it was basically pitch black in the blind at that point yeah you know and i'm trying to get around this window i just couldn't do it simultaneously inventing new swear words yeah (laughs) i did it but you got to do it within a nanosecond because a uh, deer, you know, at that point he's yep. totally alert. And, you know, so once that happened, the, the thought process is, can I still get a shot? Because I know my yardage is on the food plot. Uh-huh. Like I knew where he was at and he, you know, at 30 at 40, I thought at 40, I was still going to, if I could have got him to stop, I was aiming at him. Mm-hmm. I was dead on, but he just wouldn't stop. And sure. I'm not obviously not going to shoot him running. So it was just one of those deals, you know, Scott and I look at each other and I was just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, man. I can't it was painful. It was it. painful to watch. I can't imagine actually having it happen, but I guess it kind of levels out. Because gnarly last year, there were some things that happened during gnarly that you probably should not have killed that deer. <laughs> oh, you're bringing that up. <laughs> so you're kind of in a net zero situation right now. Yeah, like all that good fortune I had last year, I, I'm back down to earth. I'm, <laughs> it doesn't I'm last squarely, long. It doesn't. Like it, it, it's so funny how 
you spend so much time and effort getting close to a deer yeah. and it's never a done deal until you got your hands on them. And, and no matter how long you hunt, you think, okay, here we go. This is going to happen. It's never a gimme. And I don't care what anybody says about hunting food plots, hunting out of a blind, hunting with all the technology, like it's never a gimme. And whether you're in a tree, whether you're on the ground, whether you're hunting with a gun or whatever, I mean, stuff happens and it, you know, well, I can't go wrong does. And it did last night. So clutching defeat from the jaws of victory. I told Scott, the only positive out of this two things, I didn't miss him or I didn't wound him. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever. I spooked the hell out of him. I know that. Like, I totally, like, I'm not hunting there for a while because I I totally screwed the spot up. And that's what hurts the most. It's like, we had just moved that muddy bull blind up there this year. And it's literally not, no no deer there has ever busted anybody out of that spot. Sure. To me, it was burning a chip that had previously not been burnt. Like, it's... It was, that was a pristine spot that I just screwed up here on October. The, it was the seventh yesterday, pretty early in the season. season. That's what frustrated me more than anything. It's like, you know, look, we didn't wound the animal, you know, no harm, no foul there, Mm -hmm. but the spot itself is what I was. So I was pretty perturbed walking out of your situation. I I think anyone that's bow hunted long enough or deer hunted in general has, made a decision that they later regretted yeah. circumstances conspire against them. Yeah. And and then you start wondering, well, what are my odds for killing this deer going forward? And that's exactly what our listener Nick wants to know. Yeah. And before we get to that, by the way, I felt like the, the hindsight part of it was I was looking at the footage now and the demeanor of him. I would have been fine. I think if I would have just shut the window after that or not, not try to bleat to stop him oh, once yeah. he started getting out of there. Yeah. Like when he was slowly walking away and my instinct, I think any hunter's instinct is to try to get him to stop, to mm-hmm. get the shot. If I wouldn't have been so persistent and bleeding, which really freaked it's him like, out. Oh gosh, I gotta get out of here. I, I think I would have felt better about how it played out, but that's where I was kicking myself. And I, I guarantee I would have done that nine times out of 10. I probably would have done 10 out of 10. Yeah. You're trying to get stopped. That's the desperation part of it. And you are not thinking anything other than I think it's that you know, hunter gatherer thing coming back into play. Like, dude, I had that deer mm-hmm. in my sight. Supposed to be mine. He was supposed to be dead. I was supposed to get the shot. So hindsight, I probably would have not bleeded, but that, you know, like I said, it's 2020. I don't you don't get a redo there. So no, but had it worked, it would have been a really cool hunt to like yeah. spook them, stop them, yeah. and then hit them and yeah. So three encounters, I have had three sits at that spot, three encounters with that shooter. And, you know, we'll see how this season plays out. But he's, I told Scott last night, I go, I hate this deer now. (laughs) It's no fault to his own, but I hate him. Yeah. Like, even if a better deer shows up, he's kind of in my craw at this point. Like, I got to figure out how to... Get back. It'll make for a great story when you finally living. You know, if I get to a point where I start hunting mornings here, where the block of timber that he's in, that he's living in, yeah, I got one heck of a a morning timber set that I, you know, I'm looking now. I'm starting to look ahead at that kind of stuff, and it's way earlier than I typically start hunting mornings. But now it's like, all right, you know, you got a vendetta. The full moon's what, like the 14th, I think. 
13, 14, somewhere in there. And so then, you know, the five days after that, those morning sits are, are going to be probably decent, even though it's early in October, still mm-hmm. middle of October. So I, you know, I don't know. It has me thinking like, maybe I might get out a little earlier this year sure. than, I, than I typically do for the, those morning hunts. But that, that's like waking up at 3 a.m. to get there. That's brutal. <laughs> that, that's the crappy yeah. part of it. Yeah. But anyways, so well, we got a question about this very topic, right? We do. Yeah. All right. So the question of the day is brought to you by RTP Outdoors, home of the groundbreaking, groundbreaker, three-in-one food plot implement. Hi, this is Nick from... Western Pennsylvania, and I was wondering, I missed a buck yesterday, and I was wondering when will he show up back up, or will he not show back up? Um, I don't think he had any idea I was ever there or anything like that. Um, uh, just like your opinion on that. Thanks. I think he's actually in a little better spot than I am. Hundred percent. If he missed it and he, and the deer never knew, he just heard something. He never knew where it came from or what. Never busted scent wise. Never busted mm-hmm. him. Never saw him. I would have a feeling that it, possibly even the next day the deer back to his pattern. It was just something weird that happened. Deer constantly wigging out. You know whether it's pre- predation or whatnot. They're just constantly looking over their shoulder. Mm-hmm. So to him. You know, hell, it could have been a stick. You you know what I mean? It's zero idea. Now, if he saw him, smelt him, you know, busted him in one of those Mm -hmm. kind of ways, I I don't know. I think it's a different... That's exactly the scenario I'm currently in, and I don't know. I I don't know what... I I told a guy today, he's like, well, what do you do? I go, hell, he's probably still running. (laughs) You you know what I mean? (laughs) With that mat mat sound in his head. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So... I don't know. What's your experience? Um, so, so uh, yeah, I, I think there are levels. There's, there's kind of a continuum of spooked trees fall in the woods, deer witness yeah. and hear those things. W- weird stuff happens. And so I, I, I think, I think he is in an advantageous situation that the deer didn't, didn't rec- didn't see him or recognize him. Cause I think like, the first level is the deer gets spooked, doesn't know why they're spooked. And so they run second level is like, they see the human form yeah, and they skylight you or whatever. Yeah. And they just, they bugger out of there. The third level and which I think is the worst is if they, well, maybe I should back up. They, they smell you. Maybe that's the third level. They definitely know what you are. If yeah. they see you and smell you, You're it's game over. <laughs> and unless, unless you are on like a travel corridor to some place that they need to get, I, I I think that I think the odds of seeing them are pretty slim. In Nick's case, I think he's got a pretty good a pretty good case for going back there. I might give it a few days. Yeah, we saw it last year on uh, Dangerous Calling with Dad. So oh. he shoots at that deer. Totally misses him, shoots under him, I think, and like in between his legs. And the deer instantly jumps, you know, out of his skin, goes into the timber, and then he comes right back out. I couldn't believe it. The deer's looking back into the field. He doesn't see anything and he walks back out. Yeah. And I know the guys at public land hunt and PA hunt and Michigan hunt and all those guys that we always hear from will be like, Oh, that deer it's would a never deer. Yeah. There's a tame deer on the jury property. But I mean, it does happen. It does happen. Like it just, it just the deer had no idea what was out there. Right. So he walks back out and then Terry gets shot at him. So certainly I think our boy here is in a best case scenario yep. for 
spooking a deer. Which is why things like having a quiet bow. Yeah. Like that stuff matters. You, you, you may like, there was a time where I thought, well, if it's, it, I don't care how loud my bow is because I plan on taking one shot and that if I make it, I don't, or if I make it, I do. If yeah. I don't, then it's just game over. But situations like that really, really help you understand the, the less impact you can have on that deer, the better. Not to mention jumping the string. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially there's no wind. It's, it's quiet. Like, yeah. like th- that all makes a difference. So Nick, I, I, I think your odds are still pretty good of, yeah. of killing this deer. You just got to be careful to not end up with a vendetta against the deer and overhunt them and then end up doing something that creates more of an impact. Well, it's interesting you say that because tonight or for this afternoon's hunt, we had a Southeast wind and I could have, I have a set on the end of this food plot on the, on the far West end of this food plot. Uh And that's where two S two came out two times, the first two encounters. So theoretically, I mean, and I really thought hard about this. I could potentially go sit over there, you know, and try my hand at seeing if he goes back to that pattern yeah. to go to that food source or for that matter, go to the neighbor's beans or go out to my beans or whatever the case may be. It's, it's, he's obviously right in that area. And I kept thinking to myself, I could do this, but if I go in there after last night and I, and he catches my wind, which would be very possible because mm-hmm. it's very low wind speeds. Uh, all of a sudden the, my thermals start going down the draw, which is yeah. where he's coming up out of, you know, I, I don't think there was, um, I think that the reasons why I was seeing him and so many deer this year in that spot compared to years past is a hundred percent because of that muddy bull blind. And I don't care what anybody says, whatever scent proof blind you have, like it, it masked our thermals at the end of the night, the way that terrain is, it just, it takes our thermals straight right down to, yeah. to where the deer are coming out of. And I always had good sits there, but it was always late. It was always last, you know, last light mm-hmm. and the amount of deer and the free movement that they've had this year, I'm a hundred percent saying it's because of that blind. We talked about it last night in the blind. So, so that was in my head. It's like, look, I got this spot. We put, we put a lot of effort into getting that blind there. I moved it from a different spot mm-hmm. where I hadn't had any luck and it was kind of wasting having this thing on the sure. farm. It's the one blind I got, you know, so we moved it and I thought, let's not screw this up worse. I want to hunt that stand. I had a really good mm-hmm. thought that he's going to come out there tonight in front of it. But if he, you know, what if I bust him and then it's, it's the smell side of it, not the, then what the heck a totally different. Yeah. Totally different story. So better judgment. I, I think prevailed and I'm going to wait it out. And I, now I got to wait the rest of the week, you know, warms up and we got a cool front coming through Friday. Probably can't go Friday, the wind mm-hmm. I need. And then I don't have the wind I need on Saturday. So it may be, I don't know when the next time I get yeah. to hunt that spot. Which so, is, that's hard to, it is. to hold back and not but jump in on it. You hear Mark and Terry talk about it all the time on 13 and then in DeerCast, like especially during October, October mm-hmm. lull, which will start on Saturday, Sunday, we hit that kind of period. Don't burn your best spots. No kidding. So like, hey, let's, I got this far by waiting for the right win. Let's keep sticking to the game plan, but it's tough. Yeah. yeah. It, tough. It's an opportunity to get some stuff done around the house. House, so that hell, the office. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, because we're a little bit busy. But but it, it is nice to get some stuff taken care of that way when season really picks up then yeah. you can be out and not, not burn a yeah. kitchen pass. So that's what's going on with me. 
Now, in that period, heck, Mark Taylor, some great success. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mark killed a great deer. So did Taylor. You know, they were on him in Missouri. We've been capitalizing off Tom Ware. Steve France killed last night, mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon. I, we've capitalized off these cold fronts in early October, yep. late September. And the fan shares in DeerCast are showing that too. So yeah. big deer going down. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's been a decent start to the season. The moon's kind of not great for this yeah. fall, um, but we're making the best of it with the cool fronts coming through and you know so far so good and and we're seeing deer sparring which is always exciting to see that yeah so you know we got a lot of season ahead of us but that's also the thing you think about it like september starts mid-september for us in missouri on at one time and all of a sudden it was october you know we got a good cold front come through so Mm -hmm. got to hunt several times but like all of a sudden before we know it it'll be over (laughs) October will be over. And it's like, shoot, where'd the season go? Like, man, if I could have just landed that opportunity, the early season, I have a place in Illinois that I was going to start hunting. And now it's like, that's on the back burner. I got to stick to my spot here until I get something down. So funny how our lives revolve around punching a tag. It it is. And it's a weird thing because I used to not be this way, but once you kind of get a dose of it and that adrenaline mm-hmm. and like you feel maybe it's cockiness, it's like, Oh man, I, I can do this and then I can go do that. And yeah. it's like mother nature, bring you back down a peg or two. And that's what happened 100%. yesterday. Yep. It's, it's all good. Yep. So it, it gives you some humility and yeah. makes you realist about the experience. Yeah. Makes you really appreciate when you finally do connect. <laughs> My wife was like, didn't that happen to you last year? I feel like that happened to you last year. I was like, I, I don't up, think so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I think you're mistaken, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, that was my dad, I think. <laughs> this always my, happens. My, my wife does a nice job of at least pretending to be empathetic when mm. I miss a deer. Mine doesn't have that. <laughs> she just rolls over you. It's more of like, how does this affect her? Like, great. So, so you're, you're gonna still keep at hunting. it. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. the implication what my wife is asking about, but she also is like, oh, I'm sorry. I know you're yeah. trying hard. Yeah. Like, well, I wonder if anybody that listens to this or watches this podcast can relate to that. I would guess most guys have wives that offer a tacit endorsement of their hunting yeah. and are not super crazy about it. It's more of a hindrance to what happens at home for them. Yeah. I get it. It's yeah. not easy. Like be a hunting widow pretty much. Yeah. You know, dinner time, bath time always sucks. I think about it. Like if my <laughs> wife got into, kids. I don't know, beating or doilies, whatever women tend to do. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say beating your kids. And I thought, man, Tim, come close it's kind of dark. <laughs> Any parents that they won't say that is probably not being honest. <laughs> but like if Beth were into something that was, that was more for kind of her speed, like yeah. and it was gone Some all the evenings and, and weekends. I don't know how understanding I'd be. Yeah, it is. It is a weird double-edged sword because it's like, I often say to her like, well, you, you could go do something like as long as it's in the summer or <laughs> months where I'm not turkey you have, like a candle hunting. party or something to go to. Why don't you go do something? <laughs> I'll stay here and watch the kids. No problem. Yeah. It's, it's something, something does not work about that proposition. No. I've tried well, it multiple times. Yeah. But I think for the most part, wives just can't stay away from their kids like guys can. And it's I, not that you don't love no, them I've, the same way, mm-hmm. but they just... They got FOMO of not being at home. I got FOMO of everything else. (laughs) FOMO means fear of missing out. Yeah. In case you're wondering. Yeah. Matt's not trying to swear. No. FOMO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, 
we'll we'll see what the season what the season brings. But we should probably roll on to the wildlife we word. Let's because see people well, let's tune it. In, people are tuning in to grow. I spiritually, I would mentally, like evidence that they're tuning in to grow because of the wildlife word. I would like I would evidence like, that they're tuning in. Yes, well, that too. <laughs> Today's wildlife word is brought to you by absolutely no one. It's pheromones. It's brought to you by Tim. Yeah, that's right. Sponsored right. in part by Tim Chelsby. All right. Pheromones. Does it ring a bell? It does. I know I should know it. It's something to do with some sort of like thing that animals that's right. yes. put out. <laughs> it comes out of them. Uh, yeah. So take it away. It's, it's a chemical substance produced and released into the environment by an animal, especially a mammal or an insect, affecting the behavior or physiology of others of its species. For example, deer secrete pheromones uh, through their preorbital, tarsal, and interdigital glands. Basically the same thing I said. Exactly. I mean... I said it in layman's nice, terms. Nice job. <laughs> and, and people uh, secrete pheromones too. Yeah. So there you go. That's kind of like how you meet your wife. <laughs> they say there's a lot that, that people like there's a genetic predisposition yeah. to the way people stank. Yeah. And let me tell you, hunting uh, one of those uh, scent proof blinds in the early season, Ugh. you're submitting all kinds of... <laughs> Pheromones. When like there was a couple early sits that I did this year where it was humidity was super high, it was hot, and you're going up and down the tree, and you smell yourself, and you know, I'm not going to see anything. I, <laughs> I have to have the perfect wind to hunt. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's just not. Yeah, I know. We've been like dousing ourselves in that scent crusher, the copper, copper spray, spray. Uh-huh. and I like I get a whiff. It's like all right. It's Extra <laughs> right. sprays here and a few over here, and why not just on my head? The next level is bleach in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Think about that. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I hope that you start seeing some more deer. I know you got a new spot that you're potentially, potentially yeah, get yeah, hunt, kind of my so. old stomping grounds. I might get access to an old property that I was hunting. Fingers crossed. Stay tuned. You. Can only get better. Yeah, no, no doubt. Can't get any worse. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you to everyone that is uploading uh, your kills onto DeerCast. It's cool to see yeah. those fan shares. It we is. love posting them. And th- there was, there's one, uh, a, a young lady named Riley, I think was her name, killed a buck that went in the 180s. They used DeerCast to get on the deer and she, she killed it with a crossbow and they used DeerCast track awesome. to recover it. And it was like, this is just an awesome, 13 years old. It's what it was made for. Full spectrum. Start yep. to finish. Let's help you get on it and let's help you find it. You know, and and that's that's literally the whole idea behind that that's right, right there. So, that's right. So yeah. cool. A lot of stuff going on. Make sure you get in on the farm giveaway. There's just a, a few months left yeah. until we're going to, I think mid-December is when we're going to draw for that. So yep. if your name is in, you're good. But if your name is not in, what the heck are you waiting for? Make sure you go in and do that. You go either deercast.com, go to the farm giveaway tab, go to the deercast app, go to the farm giveaway tab. You literally click simple, a link, simple. you put a name in, put an email address in. So we know how to contact you when you win. And that's mm-hmm. that easy. Yeah. It took minutes. Yeah. So, so do it, do it or else. All right, man, let's shut this thing down. Thanks for watching everybody. Peace out.